Hey, welcome everybody. You have found Call to Order, a review of military veteran hiring. I'm your host, here's Dave Lumcool with Orion Talent here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm with one of our senior sales folks today, Alex Jigger, talking sales and talking military veteran hiring with it. So Alex, how are you today, man? I'm doing great, Dave. What's up? Not much, not much. Now, this is you know, we are recording this here on the 27th. I'd be remiss that I am, this episode may be a little bit more subdued for me. I think the Kobe Bryant thing hit all of us a little bit tough. Um, you know, he was one, we're going to talk about competitiveness today. We're going to talk about grit and work ethic. And I just kept hearing those words with him. I grew up watching him. So, you know, for all of us out there listening, you know, hey, believe me, it hit us hard too. So, uh, you know, just the words of the wise, we may be a bit, a little bit more stooped you know, subdued today than, than usual. Uh, but yeah. with that, you know, Alex, um, your background, man, just briefly for everybody out there, just to understand kind of where you come from. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in the, uh, in the San Francisco Bay area. So I grew up before the age of tech really exploded. And I, and I always joke that I don't think my home, anyone's hometown has changed more than mine in the last uh, 20 <laughs> or so years. But, uh, you know, got through high school, got through college and uh, decided to go off and serve my country as a Marine Corps officer. So I was a Marine on active duty from 2008 to 2013. Um, I was a M1A1 Abrams tank officer by trade. So I spent some time, uh, you know, hanging out in the desert, both here in uh, Southern California, but also overseas um, and uh, got out in 2013. Uh, said, you know, I've got some dynamic experiences that I'd love to be able to, to bring to the civilian workforce. And I initially came to Orion as a candidate and uh, said, hey, I, I want to figure out where my next step is. And, and ultimately uh, got, uh, got, got swindled into coming to work here and, uh, and have been here ever since, kind of doing, uh, doing right by companies that want to hire veterans and those, those that are getting off active duty. So it's been a great ride. Nice. I never knew you from San Francisco. So you grew up a 49er fan? So I, uh, you know, I was actually born outside of Cleveland, Ohio. I didn't really have a pro team as a kid. Um, I, uh, I guess I followed the Browns a little bit, followed the 49ers, but, uh, but I spent three years down in Louisiana post Katrina. And, uh, and so I kind of got indoctrinated into the football spirit of the great state of Louisiana. So I'm a Saints fan. Okay. Okay. So that is, it's hard to live in Louisiana and not be a Saints fan. I think at some point in time you, you have to convert over to that, but um, yeah, not a bad team to follow and a, and a role model out there in Drew Brees as well. So interesting. Yeah. So on, on that though, who are you picking? You got the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are favored right now for those of us in the friendly gambling you know world that I live in. Um, like a point, point and a half favorite. Yeah. Who do you got? Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I think that, um, I think there's a lot of firepower with that Kansas city team. I think that if they can get that offense going early, um, I think there's some, some really strong weapons there, but man, that, that defense and run game with San Francisco, it's kind of old school football. I mean, if it were me, I would say, I think it's probably a 49er championship. Wow. All right. It, it kind of makes sense. I, I mean, you're an NFC born you know, NFC, Louisiana, and the Saints. So you, you stick with NFC. But this is the neutral playing field now for this question. Favorite Super Bowl munchie appetizer? Like, what do you go to? Man, you know, um, I've never met some chips and salsa that I didn't uh, get along <laughs> sure. with. But, sure, sure. That, like, that feels like the appetizer to the appetizer. So if I had to choose something a little bit, uh, a little bit more substantial, I think I'm going to go chicken tenders. Chicken tender, like not a chicken wing, but a chicken tender. 
tender. Yeah. Yes. Tender. Yes. Okay. I'm going more of the. I'm more of the the seven layer dip and the chip, not just your typical salsa. I want like a a seven layer dip that my wife does that every year I get like once a year. Um, you know, I probably ingest like I don't know eight thousand calories, like like none of which are good for me, like during that twenty four yeah. hours. But still, all right, man, chicken tenders it is. So so good. Yeah. So, but hey, look. A lot to get into here with what you said in terms of you know just your background off the bat. I never knew you were an an armor guy, so I learned something. Yeah. Like every time I come on this podcast, every time I do it, I learn something about who's on. Um, and you came from the world of you know the armor. You said, "Hey, man, you you went you know to an event. And you're kind of looking for that transition, like a, a lot of people do, that a lot of companies do in terms of and looking for military veterans." When did sales come into your vocabulary? When did that become part of your, yeah, you know what? I could do that post-military. Yeah. I mean, um, it's tough to say. Like, I, I think I I considered it as a potential career a lot earlier than a lot of other veterans. I knew coming out of the service that um, I liked interacting with people and talking to people and learning about kind of their lives and their challenges. Um, and I also knew that, you know, sales as a profession offered an opportunity very early on in one's career to um, create a lot of financial stability and financial growth in ways that maybe some similar roles that are more salary based and don't have the variable element, um, um, you know, would, would, would normally show. So I think those are things that kind of attracted to me is, hey, you get to be out there in the marketplace and talking to a bunch of different companies and, and, uh, and, and give yourself a raise if you do that well. And so that, that was kind of something that I, that I was looking for when I'm, when I got out. Yeah. And, and I think that's what, you know, really what we want to hit on first, right. Is what traits are common between a military veteran and the sales profession and, you know, where do they overlap, right? Because you're coming out of the service. If I'm a hiring manager in, in medical device or I'm industrial sales, or, you know, you take your, you take whatever industry you want, you know, the person coming out, the candidate coming out, it's not going to have any industry experience. So I have to go to the intangibles now that overlap and how many overlap. And I mean, you and I came up with a list and I'll just read a few off here that you really came up with competitive grit, which I want you to get into ability to think and decide quickly comfort with uncertainty process orientation, ability to to build relationships quickly. So grit is something that you say, you know, both professions have in common. Talk about that, like your definition and kind of what you meant by that. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I think that, um, you know, part of the military experience, whether you were, you know, enlisted for four years, an officer for four years, whether you spent a whole career is, you know, you're going to be put in a lot of positions that are uncomfortable. You're going to be asked to do things in austere environments or in uncomfortable circumstances, potentially even dangerous circumstances. And so you're going to have to be able to find a way to kind of press through towards the mission um, when things aren't necessarily easy. And I think that uh, that really shows a lot of grit. And I think that in sales, you know, it, it's a strange thing for most talented people, whether they're getting out of college and they're in, uh, you know, going into sales or whether they're getting out of the military. Um, you know, most talented people that, that have the skills to be successful at sales are used to, to doing a lot of winning, right? They're used to getting up there on a daily basis and being successful and getting positive accolades, whether it's in the classroom or on their, you know, military fitness reports. And, and the truth of it is, um, sales is a lot more like baseball, right? If you, if you get up to bat, 
uh, playing the game of baseball 10 times and you get three hits, you're a 300 hitter. I mean, you very well may be on your way to the Hall of Fame, but that means that's seven times out of 10 that you failed. And so whether it be in sports, the military, or in sales, you know, there is that kind of requirement to be able to understand and appreciate failure, to be able to take the lessons learned from times where you're not ultimately successful and have that ability to pop yourself back up on the job the next day after a particularly tough outing um, and be able to bring that same level of kind of passion and fervor, um, even though you may have recently taken some, some, some tough losses. Good word, fervor. By the way, that's a yeah. that's a you know point for you in terms of that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, I've been in sales now for nine years. Um, yeah, you know, we've been together for you know six and a half, seven years, as you mentioned. And you know, you know as well as I do, there are there are days or weeks, heck, I'll even go months where you get beat. You, I mean, you lose. You go home and people go, "How to go?" And you go, "Hey, I lost today." Right. And you have to come back the next day with the same energy, the same passion, you know, the same grit, as you say, and still go win. You know, and there's there was a sample or an article out there that I saw that said, you know, the people in sales that really, really do well are not the people that are actually the most money motivated. It's like number two or three on the list. But really what the number one is, is they love to win. Right. And if you if you love to win, no matter what industry you're in, that's going to be you know something that you can kind of bring to the table as a veteran and say, you know what, I love to win. I love to yeah. compete. I love to learn. Um, and I want to be a part of this, you know, part of this process as well. Now, you also mentioned comfort you know, with uncertainty, and that can be that could be a project manager, that can be logistics, right? But how do you define that in sales? What does that mean to you in terms of the sales and like what a military veteran brings to that organization then? Yeah, I mean, I think the truth of it is, um, you know, I can look back on times where I was, you know, in training or when I was doing exercises or even times deployed where, you know, you're not always going to know when you go outside the wire exactly what's going to be out there waiting for you from the enemy perspective. You know, you do the best that you can to prepare for situations that you're faced with, but ultimately you may um, you may be faced with a lot of uncertainty and have to rely on some of your training and some of your kind of planning to be able to approach that. The same is true when you go into a, a sales environment. You know, you may sit across from that customer as you ask them questions about, you know, what keeps them up at night and, you know, what are their major initiatives and what are the challenges they're facing. And you may not, you know, get the answers that you initially hypothesized you were going to get or or the reaction that you thought you would get based on the things that you're going to say. And so you have to really get comfortable to some degree fighting in the dark. Um, I think that we live in a world now where information is more available than it's ever been, where you can look up people on LinkedIn and figure out what their history is and where they worked before and you know maybe see stuff on the internet about you know their job and you can come in incredibly prepared in ways that maybe you weren't able to in the past but you still have to be super comfortable in allowing that conversation to go whatever direction it's going to go and and being able to be adaptable to 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 whatever that direction it takes no 100 percent. i mean i you know for a story you know i called a company last week I thought I was calling a company who did you know, manufactured homes, and it turns out I called a company who was doing industrial pipes and valves. Now they have the same exact name, and they have the same you know location in terms of the state, and you know it's just one of those things where I went from you know a home building to industrial sales in about three seconds, 
but you know what? It worked. You know, the the piece of the puzzle still worked for me. I was I was able to translate in terms of what we do for that industry pretty quickly. Didn't prepare for it. Had all the examples ready for the other company. And lo and behold, here I am, right? So yeah. just one of those freak things that's never happened to me in the in the nine years I've been doing this. But yet, it's a good example, right? Um, and it may not be like the huge, you know, sale that it turns out to be, but I think it's a good example of what you just don't know. You know, you go into a meeting, you know, and I'm sure you can and relate. I've been, you know, scheduled for a meeting with two people. They both accepted. I show up and I have literally nine people in the room from mm-hmm. all different departments looking at me going, okay, you know, what's your brief, right? And yeah. now you, you, you turn that brief from only operations into a maintenance, engineering, logistics, you know, supply chain overview on the fly. And it better be good because they don't care uh, that you didn't prepare for, you know, nine people. It's, it's, I mean, it's their time now. And now they're looking at yeah. you as the subject matter expert. So it's, I mean, I can definitely relate in terms of what you're saying. And I think you're, I think you're spot on. So in terms of you know companies that are looking at veterans and, and they may say, yeah, but they've never done sales, you know, they've never done, you know, prospecting. You know, what would you say to that? To them? Yeah, um, I mean, it's a legitimate, uh, it's a legitimate question that companies ask is they say, how do I know that this is going to be a job function that a veteran's going to be passionate about, and how do I know that you know the skills are going to translate? Um, the first thing I would say, certainly from the employer perspective, is you know we've already agreed that there's a lot of um, a lot of traits that transfer over. So when we talk about sales DNA, it's all already there. I mean, what you're going to be looking for in any entry level type salesperson, you're going to have a lot of those skills coming out of, of someone in the military. Uh, but I would say it also is important for those employers to kind of take the long view. Are you trying to look at someone that in their first year on the job is going to be able to be a plug and play solution that's going to produce results, albeit perhaps mediocre results, or are you looking at taking, uh, making an investment in the long term and taking what you feel could be a high ceiling potential hire, teaching them the business and giving the skills that they need to ultimately be successful long term? It's like we talked about football earlier on the call. It's similar to if you were in the market for a quarterback, right? You might be able to go out there and find somebody that's on the market existing that has, you know, let's call it a book of business or a history of, of how they play. You know exactly what you're getting. You know that they can manage the game and give you certain things, but they may only have a certain level to which you can get or you're going to go to the draft you're going to find that young developmental person that's a little bit younger that you can groom and teach exactly the way that you want to and so you can unlock a lot of those abilities to perhaps do even better than somebody that has that quote-unquote experience and so i think what you get in a military hire is the latter someone with a a solid history that if you give them, you know, if you craft those raw materials appropriately, what we oftentimes see in our business is that a year, two years down the road, it's that former veteran with less experience that's out there, you know, crushing the sales quota and and they've already gone over the top of some of their counterparts that have five to seven years of experience in the business. And I asked that question. And I could hear your energy pick up. That's awesome, right? I can, I mean, I mean, I can hear it, right? So now, you're st- I, I know you got a story, right? So military candidate is going to have to be able to present a relatable experience to a hiring manager, to a regional sales manager, to a you know district or a, you know VP of sales. So you know going back in time here, right? The second lieutenant, you know Alex Jigger out there. What would you give as your experience and say, you know, here's what I did in the service. Here's how it could translate to sales. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough thing because if you're coming out of the military and you don't really have an experience from your past where you've been working with customers or where you've been advocating a solution, you kind of have to do some digging and saying, all right, how, how is the military environment going to translate to a sales-type environment? And, you know, when I first got to the fleet, Marine Force, and I was out there um, um, for, for the first time, within two months of me getting out, you know, actually out of a training pipeline and into the fleet, I had to go support a major exercise in 29 Palms where I would be supporting a battalion of, of infantry Marines that are getting ready to uh, to deploy to Afghanistan. And that was back when the war over there was still really hot and heavy. So here I am, green, you know, wet behind the ears, coming straight out of school. And, and I'm now responsible for being the tank platoon commander and answering directly to that lieutenant colonel battalion commander. And the battalion commander that I was supporting at that event was like straight out of the movies. Grizzled old dude, <laughs> war fighter, multiple deployments. He was probably 6'4", 250, the type of dude that you would be like, man, you could cast him in any movie. And here he is looking at me saying, you know, what, what, what are the answers and what, and how do we manage this? And, and I had to very quickly uh, be willing to not only advocate for a solution, hey, sir, here's how we should utilize my asset, um, in this case, a platoon of tanks that brings a lot of firepower to the fight, but I also had to be willing to respectfully disagree with him when he was trying to come up with a plan that didn't necessarily follow you know, the proper tactics. And so it required very on you know, some confidence in that I knew what I was talking about and then I was ready to advocate for it you know some some respect in that I could approach a situation where maybe I wasn't giving him the answer that he wanted in a way where where uh, you know you know he, he would at least be open to listening to what I had to say and I had to build credibility really quickly so that I could say hey look a lot is what's riding on the decision you make here and I'm telling you to trust me and my solution because I'm that confident that it's going to be the one that'll work and so you know very early on that was a situation in my military career what I where I had to go into an uncertain situation with someone with a lot more experience than me in, a, in an industry, if you will, and advocate for my solution and, and build confidence in them that I ultimately knew that it was the right one. And so um, every military uh, you know, person has examples like that where they've had to stand before a senior officer and do something similar. And I can tell you that those are the type of examples that sales hiring managers want to hear um, in those initial interviews. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. But then, you know, when you get into as a hiring manager, and I haven't interviewed military before, let's say, you know, in terms of that hiring manager, and I need to, you know, come up with a question. A few of the questions that we came up with were, hey, talk about a time you failed, right? And going back to your example, you're going to fail seven out of 10, you know, times, you know, those three times, you know, are going to hit, right? If, if I'm out there cold calling, prospecting, walking into a business, walking into a facility or a doctor's office or a surgeon, you know, there's going to be times when I'm going to fail. And I have to, I have to understand that that person sitting in front of me is capable of handling that mentally, you know, like you said, and being tough enough. And then, and then what they learn from it, right? I think that's a big piece too. Tell me about the time you failed. Yeah, I failed here. Great. How'd you learn from it? How'd you come back and win? You know, what'd you use on the next time and your takeaway from that experience? And you mentioned your example. Hey, talk about a time outside of your chain of command in terms of selling an idea, you know, and then and then training. How'd you train for an event and how'd you go? I go back to, and I'm going to switch sports on here because I think sales and sports analogies just go so well together. But I'm going to show age a little bit here. The Dodgers out, you know, with you in California, you know, Kirk Gibson, 
It's yeah. this home run on one leg, and I think it was like 83, 84, something around that time frame, right, in the World Series, I believe. He was in – this is a Hall of Famer. He had been around for, you know, 15 years, I'd say. He was in the batting cage down below the dugout hitting balls off a tee, getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, he had hit a baseball thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of times before, but he was training for that one moment in that time to go and do your thing, right? And it's the same thing in the military. Hey, talk about a time you had to train the basics over and over again and how did you perform? And then how could that translate into a sales profession where, where you know, any good sales professional will tell you you always train, you always go back to the basics, you always rehearse your voicemail and our in our world, you know, how do you do it? You know, how do you role play every day to get ready to go? How do you warm up? You know, so I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of correlations there in terms of, you know, did I play sports in college or high school or in the military? How did I train for something and then go execute? And I think that's a, it's a great question to ask if you're, you know, a hiring manager in terms of, in terms of now, let's switch it a little bit. If you're a military veteran of you know five plus years looking to transition from the service out, and someone says to you sales, and all of a sudden you go, ah, you know, it's scary. It's a scary world. You know, I want to stay in my project management world, my operations world. You know, what would you say to them? Yeah, it's interesting, and I think that you know um, the answer that I give might be different than the answers that some give. I mean, there's a lot of great reasons why you might be interested in getting into a you know a role like like sales or being in a customer facing type job or certainly in a in a job that has a variable compensation element. Um, you know, one of the things that I like to say as as kind of the marquee reasons is. Uh, and taking it back to my my initial time in military training, I mean, one of the greatest kind of uh, mind shifts that I had when I first started training as a Marine Corps officer was, you know, basically I was taught that the entire Marine Corps, right, all of the logistics and supply, all of the finance, all of the uh, aviation, all of the tanks and artillery and all that stuff, all of that is meant to support that one 17-year-old private first class that is somewhere off in in, in a overseas environment, kicking in a door, and might be face-to-face with the enemy. And everything that the Marine Corps does is to support his ability right there at the very tip of the spear in being able to win that battle. And what's interesting to me when I got out is I came to learn that sales is the exact same way, right? Look at any company out there their research and development, their finance, their um, accounting, everything that that company does, marketing, is built so that there is someone somewhere that is going to sit across the table from a customer and convince that customer to buy from them instead of one of their competitors. And so that's the type of role that I think is attractive for a lot of military people. They know that all they have, you know, the, the, uh, all of that support behind them, and ultimately it relies on them to be able to go out there and grow the business, which is ultimately what every uh, company exists to do. So whether you like it or not, no matter what role you're in, you're going to be supporting the sales team anyway, so you might as well be uh, potentially that, that close to the customer. Um, I think some other things that are really attractive to veterans, because they maybe are a little bit different than what they saw in the military, is there's a lot of autonomy. You know, by and large, sales organizations and sales managers are going to tell their people, hey, here's your quota, here's your goal, 
here's the uh, assets you have at your disposal to go out there and achieve it. But ultimately, I'm relying on you and trusting you to be able to go out there and find that gold and bring it back to us. So whether it be how you manage your time or how much you travel or what activities you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, I think a lot of veterans like an environment where they're given that big picture. They're given the mission the same way they were in the military. And ultimately, they're getting entrusted to, uh, to go out there and figure out a way to achieve it. Um, so I think that's another big one. And another one that I really, really like for me personally is most jobs that you find out there, you don't have a really clear picture of what your contributions are to the organization. And what I mean by that is you might be on a production line and you could say, hey, you know, my team built X number of widgets. Or you could be in a finance department and you could say, hey, we made sure the organization, you know, maintained compliance or we paid our bills on time or what have you. But you don't necessarily have the ability to pinpoint from a dollars and cents perspective. This is exactly what I did to the company for the company I should say and this is uh, my exact contribution in sales you're always going to know what you did last year you're going to know exactly down to the red cent how many dollars that you were responsible for bringing into the company and so there's no doubt or no question that you made a positive contribution and that that organization you know you know where you where you kind of tie in as compared to your counterparts in whatever big number and big goal that uh, that company was able to achieve so I think those are some some examples of things that I think are appealing to a lot of military folks. Um, they like the ability that, you know, they're paid for their production and, you know, ultimately they're going to be in a situation where um, they have the ability to give themselves a raise and, and, and financially be in a situation where there is uncapped or limitless potential from a financial perspective. Um, but, uh, but I think those are all some great reasons that a veteran would want to consider, hey, if I have the right, you know, if I have the right kind of sales DNA, why would I not at least try this as a profession for a year? or two uh, before I kind of fall back on maybe some other other type skills. No, 100%. I mean, and it, and again, I can hear it in your voice and you're and you're spot on, right? In terms of these these things and you know, sometimes that transition from the service is so chaotic. You you go to what you know. And and that's yeah. okay. And and some people are are awesome at your know, project management and quality and logistics and but some are going to be good at it, and they could have been great at sales if they had taken a look at it and just understood what it could be, you know, and what it means to an organization, and you know how it can provide them satisfaction, you know, in a position as well as, you know, monetarily in terms of reward, and like you said, pay for, give yourself a raise, right, in terms of what you know you can do and such like that. So, yeah. look, Alex, man, this has been spot on. This is why I asked you to come on because you have, and an energy that's contagious, right? I'm three time zones away from you, but I can kind of just, you know, it's great having you on my team. I would not want to be against you in terms of on the other side of the, of the, uh, you know, competition that says I'm glad you're on my team. Uh, but I thought you, you provided a lot of, of great information in terms of a, you know, a hiring manager out there looking at military veterans and what they can bring to an organization. And then B, if you're, a military veteran, you know, why consider sales? Why look at this? You know, do some homework and 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 see what it can provide you. And, and I think from you know your stories of of you know how you've been successful on our team and and the stories of you know relating your experiences in the military uh, to a you know hiring manager in sales, I think a lot of people got a lot of information out of this. So thanks for your time, and I know you're busy. You're beating me right now, quite honestly. So I have to get to 
have to get back to work a little bit to you know catch up to you because I can't <laughs> you know can't let you kind of take that award away from me a little bit right uh, but thanks again man I appreciate your time and it was it was great having you on yeah absolutely Dave I appreciate the opportunity to talk to uh, anybody that's listening out there it's a it's a great topic um, you know hiring military veterans joining the military all still really great noble stuff to be doing out there and so um, anything we can do to help that uh, that demographic and the people that support that demographic that's that's what we get up every morning to do that's awesome for everybody listening hey thanks for your time as always we're trying to provide you some great information be safe out there I'll talk to you next week take care